0: when it all comes just total chaos this world What's up everybody? Welcome back. Welcome in. This is episode 268 of Living Off The Land. I'm Dan. Here from the traveling... Don't know where I was going with that. Um, the traveling man. <laughs> uh, uh, it's a travel curves ball. Sure. Yeah, I butchered the crap out of that. What's up, Steve? <laughs> hey, what's it's Wednesday on, night. Dan?
1: It's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. This was our old night, but it's new on LTL tonight, and we've got some great content for you, starting with, of course, the beer of the week. Dan,
0: take it away. Well, anyway, uh, I wanted to do this last week, but uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, give a salute and a toast to the Hall of Fame man himself. Uh, I've had this beer on the show many a times, and I always like to have it right before football season, and it is especially apropos to do it with his induction into football immortality, the Hall of Fame, Joe Thomas. With the 73 Kolsch from Great Lakes, a Kolsch-style ale brewed in honor of Iron Man and now Hall of Famer, Joe Thomas. So, shout out to Joe, enjoying this absolutely delicious Kolsch on this Wednesday night.
1: A fantastic career, guy never missed a game, I don't think. Nope. Now, that's that's incredible for never, an offensive lineman. That's Never missed a game, and...
0: never missed a snap. I, right. I'm... I mean, we Ryan and I talked about it last week. Uh literally the first time he missed uh time because of an injury was the end of his career. He got injured in a game against I want to say it was Tennessee. The Titans in 2017, I believe. Yeah, 2017, and uh, never returned. Mm. Um, so, a an incredible 11 year career for Joe mm-hmm. Thomas. Uh, just, just an an absolute. I mean, he's one of the best offensive tackles of all time. One of the best left tackles in the history of the game. First ballot Hall of Famer, of course uh several time all pro i think he was at 11 t- i think he was i think he made the pro bowl every single year he was in the league um and you know now he's turned turned it over to the media side of things he's crushing it with the uh with the football media career um he's the color analyst for brown's uh preseason games and uh does work with nfl network uh was doing work with thursday night football when it was on nfl network i don't think he does it now that it's on Amazon prime. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so shout out to Joe Thomas. Congratulations on a hall of fame career. Uh, now officially a hall of fame career. Uh, we all knew it was going to be first ballot hall of famer. Uh, awesome time. Uh, it looked to be in Canton a couple weeks ago. Uh, great speech. The number one thing was how was the, uh, the hall of, Excuse me. The Hall of Fame bust is going to look. And uh, they knocked it out of the park. It was great. So um, everything about that weekend was special. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully the Browns can honor Joe with, uh, you know, a, a really good season coming up. So speaking of the beer, uh, 73 Colch. I love Colch style uh, ales. Uh, it's one of my favorite beers. Um, and this 73 Colch uh, uh, aptly numbered after Joe Thomas's number 73. It's seven point three um, ABV. It is not. Oh, it is five point, there, I don't think you can make a colt be seven point three ABV. But um, this is five point seven ABV, and it gets an outstanding score of ninety on Beer Advocate. Woo. Uh, here are the notes. Uh, this is going to be a little bit long-winded, but I, I wanted to uh, read through this. Hut Hut Brew, the football faithful in Cleveland asked, and we listened. Great Lakes Brewing Company is proud to announce. The return of 73 Kolsch, a limited-edition Kolsch-style ale, brewed in collaboration with Cleveland football hero and legend Joe Thomas. The light, crisp, tailgate-worthy beer named for the left tackle's uniform number will return throughout Northeast Ohio this upcoming football season. A special collaboration that started in 2018, 73 is our way of honoring a local legend with a tasty tribute. After Joe retired with 10,363 consecutive snaps, we invited him to join our brewers in designing and brewing the perfect game day beer. No stranger to hard work and grit. He even rolled up his sleeves and at, to add hops to the boil and rake out the spent grain. Of course, we expected nothing less from our, from our hometown hero brewed with rye for a crisp, dry finish. Our light kolsch style ale is an easy drinking beer with just the right amount of com- uh, complexity. This is one of my favorite beers uh, in Cleveland. I love this beer. Uh, As I said, I love Colt-style ales. Uh, I am going to – it's going to be an interesting score. So I'm going to give it a 7.3 plus one. So this beer will be an 8.3. 7.3 because of his number, but it's too good to be in the sevens. This is going to be an 8.3 beer for me. Uh, if I'm sure most people in Cleveland have had the 73 Kolsch, it's great can art. It's got Joe on the can. It's brown and orange. Uh, it is, as it said in the description, a perfect tailgate beer, a perfect football beer. Um, they don't, they only seem to bring it out during football season, but this is a beer that you can drink at any time throughout the year. And, uh, yeah, so that, this is what I will be partaking, uh, with during the show And I suggest you go out to your local uh, beverage store or grocery store and get you uh, some 73 Colch. So that is the beer of the week. That
1: is a fabulous way to start, just like the Browns had a – and the Hall of Fame weekend went swimmingly. Uh, The Browns defeating the Jets in the Hall of Fame game, followed by uh, Joe Thomas and the other players' induction uh, on Hall of Fame weekend. Definitely a great time had by all. Mm Mm-hmm. And, of course, the NFL preseason is in full swing now. We'll get more into that as we go later in the episode. But last week, I made the annual pilgrimage to New Jersey. Uh, this is a place that is near and dear to my heart, and I've never gotten to talk about it on this podcast because I've, uh, typically on this segment we talk about areas that are near Cleveland or at least within the state of Ohio. Well, for the first time, we're going outside the state of Ohio mm. today. We're taking the trip through – the industrial east of Ohio through the Appalachians of Pennsylvania and onto the coastal plains of New Jersey. And when you get finally to the end, you get to the place where I spent last week and I spent many, many weeks in the summertime and throughout my childhood and into my early adulthood and now middle adulthood, I guess if you have to say it. And that is Sea Isle City, New Jersey. This place is a barrier island right on the Atlantic Ocean. It is about halfway between Atlantic City and Cape May in southern New Jersey, if you can imagine that. Its permanent year-round population is about 2,000, but in summertime, the population balloons to about 20 times that, to about 40,000. So you imagine, like, if you basically take the population of a place like Lakewood or Euclid or Strongsville, and then... People leave, and then it basically shrinks down to a place like I'm um, stretching here, like Litchfield or Seville or someplace you know, that's really tiny. It so it becomes kind of like that in the off season. Oddly enough, the <laughs> this is kind of funny. The slogan of Sea Isle City for many, many years was Sea and Sand Vacation Land, mm. and then a few years ago, they revised it to <laughs> a city for all seasons. They are now trying to get people to come down at other times of the year, and they're, like, trying to do events, in, like, at Halloween and Thanksgiving, and then in February they do um, Polar Bear Plunge, in, which, like, I'll never
0: do that because that's <laughs> ridiculous, but, yeah. uh,
1: I mean, they do that in Cleveland here, too, at Lake Erie, but. Uh, I'll
0: tell you what, you know, Bra- Browns win the Super Bowl. I will I, I book it. I yeah. will jump into Lake Erie. <laughs> <The>
1: first, <laughs> second Sunday in February.
0: So yeah. let it be written, so let it be done.
1: All right. But anyhow, um, this is a town that is extremely boujee. By that I mean the average home price in Seattle City, New Jersey, is one point three million dollars. No
0: wonder two, only two thousand people live there. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a big reason
1: why. Um, and it's just you know, old years ago it used to be you know mostly like smaller ranch houses, but now it's like grown up into these like three story you know, rental behemoths on on most blocks.
0: East Coast elites,
1: bitches. Um, Yeah, that's, you know, it's funny because like if you look at the New Jersey coastline, the the north side of the New Jersey coastline is mostly New Yorkers. The southern side is mostly (coughs) Philadelphia folks. Mm. Um, That started to change a little bit uh, about 10 years ago because of Hurricane Sandy with all the destruction that was wreaked on the north end of Jersey. So some of the New York folks actually started coming down (laughs) to South Jersey. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this, but that... You remember the um, images of the roller coaster in the ocean after Sandy? That was in Mm -hmm. Seaside Heights, which is actually where Jersey Shore is filmed. Uh, This is not – Seattle City is not so much like that. It's much more low-key. There's now – there used to be a lot more entertainment on the island, especially for the kids. There used to be, like, arcades and mini golf and stuff like that all over the place. Now there's only one on the island for each. So it's it's kind of like grown up a little bit. You have to go to one of the islands north or south to to find that now. Um but we'll talk about that more in a minute. When you first come across the bridge into Seattle City on forty first street or JFK Boulevard, that's your main like downtown portion and that's where the main bar district is. That's where Uh, I'll just not name drop a few of these here. You have the O'Donnell's poor house. You have the ocean drive bar and restaurant. You've got the Springfield Inn, which is actually um, a bar right along the boardwalk, which runs from 29th street up to 57th street and kind of hits its midpoint uh, right there between 41st and 43rd. Uh, It's a little crawl area where you can just kind of go from place to place. Um, So it's, and then right in that same little corridor right in the downtown, there's, um, A lot of nice local establishments to go eat. Um, Places like Shoebees and Shorebreak Cafe and Steakout Breakfast and Lunch. And the most expensive (laughs) place for breakfast you'll ever see, Doc Mike's Pancake House, where I swear my family refuses to go there anymore because it's like (laughs) three pancakes and an orange juice will cost
0: you like 14 bucks oh jeez <laughs> better be the greatest pancakes of all time if that's the
1: case <laughs> yeah it's pretty great but uh yeah, we were no eat-
0: pancake is worth 14 <laughs> we were eating breakfast in pretty much well day. three no, th- three of them so no pancake is worth about five dollars each
1: i mean <laughs> imagine the profit margin making all that but um it's a one friggin'
0: point- pancake
1: yeah once you get a little further south on the island, that's where you hit a few more of your your more fri- fine dining places. You get uh, actually there's two right in downtown. One is La Fenestra, and the other is Basilicos. Those are both Italian restaurants. Interesting fun fact: Seattle City was first basically built up by Italian Americans, mm. and pretty much every restaurant in the city is either Italian or seafood, almost without fail. And those are two of the best, La Fenestra, is right on. And 41st. a lot of
0: Italian places are both and Basilica was on 43rd. Some which. of the best Italian food is seafood. Yeah.
1: Well, yes, that that is absolutely true too. Um, the Italian I mean literally the Italians for 2000 years have I been mean, referring to the Mediterranean Sea as Mare Nostrum,
0: our sea. That's right.
1: Yeah. You know? So if you get to the other side away from the ocean, you get back to the to the bayside. This is where you have historic fish alley. Where they have this really obnoxiously huge sign for just a little two block stretch. It's pretty hilarious. Um, but right in there, you have some really good seafood places. Or House Pub is there. Uh, Casa Taco Bayfront Taqueria is there. That's actually, a, that's maybe the one place in the center of town that's not Italian or seafood, but uh, that's there. You've got Marie's Lobster House and you have Mike's Seafood, which. As the story goes, these two immigrants from Naples, Italy, mm. actually went to Seattle City through Ellis Island in nineteen ten. And as it was, they when they went to the train station at the at, uh, Union Station, they went uh they said it basically the guy they just spoke no English, they said north or south, and they said south. Mm. So they went south and their money took them as far as Seattle City, oddly, nice. on the train. So when they got in they were actually shunned by the locals and were given basically this place on the back bay, which I guess at the time must not have been a very desirable neighborhood, but now it is. And sure enough, this place grew up. And you, <laughs> if you ever find yourself here, you got to go to Mike's Seafood because it is fantastic. And it's one of the few places in town that's not overly high-priced. Um, it's more like no-frills dining. You just kind of like sit down. It's all benches. And you, you actually go up to the— um, to the registers to order your food, but then they bring it out and it's freaking. it doesn't matter whether you get seafood or whether you get, um, you know, chicken or beef or whatever, have you pasta. They do, they do it all. It's fantastic. Uh, that's at park road and 43rd street in Seattle city, right across from the Seattle ice company, which is actually the biggest company and biggest employer in the, in Seattle city that is not like tourist based, I guess you would say, Hmm. um, yeah, Seattle Ice Company actually um, pretty much services that whole region in South Jersey, which is pretty cool because they've, you know, the real estate's so high, you figure, like, they'd be located somewhere else, but no, they're they're just there on that small footprint on 42nd Street. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, the, the south and far north end of the island are pretty much residential for the most part. Um, I mean, you have a few businesses along Landis Avenue every so often, you know, grocery stores and beverage stores and stuff, but... uh You know, the rest of it is residential, aside from the beach, which, of course, runs for seven miles all the way from the very south end of the island at Townsend's Inlet to the very north end at the Deauville Inn in Strathmere. And I've covered almost every square inch of that beach, whether in flip-flops or in running shoes. Nice. uh what more can I say here? The Oh, I haven't mentioned the main event, which is right at 38th Street and Pleasure Avenue, which is on the beach block. And that is the business that is owned by my cousin, Christian Sabashi, and was originally the, owned the, by his dad, Lou Sabashi. That is Lou Dogs. Lou Dogs. So if you want great hot dogs with about 30 or 35 different condiment com- combinations... And perhaps most importantly, if you want the amazing rolls that are supplied by Buno Rolls in Chester, Pennsylvania, right down the street from Audi Park or Subaru Park, which is where the Philadelphia Union play, <coughs> but are also colloquially known as the best buns west of Madrid, babe. <laughs> yep, you can get all that at Lou Dogs. Thirty-eighth Street and Pleasure Avenue in Seattle City. If you're there, you got to go in there. You got to see Christian and and the gang there.
0: How many Lou Dogs did you consume last week? Eight. <laughs> nice. Hell yeah.
1: One for every day and two for the last day.
0: I was I was waiting for you to say zero, in which case I would have went.
1: <laughs> oh no 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 no! <laughs> Absolutely not. That that would be sacrilege. We can't, you can't do that.
0: Uh pff. How many did little Scarlet have?
1: Uh, she had two. There you go. She had one one day, and then one another day, and we tried to feed her a third one day, but she was like have not having it. She just <laughs> the weird thing with Scarlet is is like normally like peaches and blueberries are two of her favorite foods, and like today she wouldn't eat them, but yet we gave her cucumbers and she ate them for like, mm. the first time ever. Nice. Her, her taste palette just changes by the day it's it expanding seems. it's expanding yeah. she's growing up it, it is growing. like she used to eat like pasta and french fries all the time now like sometimes we try to feed her those and she won't eat it yeah <laughs> you go figure that but um i'll tell you that uh two other places i do want to mention down there once uh once you get off island just a little ways down the garden state parkway is avalon golf club this is uh just offshore of From Avalon, which is the island just to the south of Seattle City. Mm. And this course is, we have played the Irish Albanian Open, which is the tournament that my dad and I play with our good Irish friends, Kevin and Michael Madden. Uh, We've played that about three or four times on this course. And as it were, last year, my dad shot 82. Wow. And virtually single-handedly won the event on his own. Wow. It was incredible. Uh, This year, we were both...
0: The filthy animal.
1: Yep. This year, we were both stinking on the front nine. We were three down at the turn. Oh, boy. And we get the 11th. I par the 10th. Okay. So I'm starting to come around a little bit. I saw the 11th hole, par three. You know, it's maybe about 150 yards. Pins all the way on the right. I hit the ball to the left fringe of the green. Okay. It's a 55-footer up the hill with a bit of a right-ways break.
0: Fuff. Oh, wow. Fourthed really? For birdie. Bang-a-rang Rufio. That got us back
1: within two. We wow. then won the 13th hole as well, which is a par five. And then 14. My dad is, this is a par four. He is about 10 yards off the green, maybe about 25 yards from the pin. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty large green. Mm-hmm. He hits this low running chip with a seven iron. Okay. And just rolls it and rolls it and rolls it. And wouldn't you know it,
0: full. Oh, man.
1: He outdoes me, and he sinks it from about 25 yards out. Birdies, we win that hole, and I think their spirit was just broken after that. Like, <laughs> it was not fair. Like that, this was supposed to be their year, and then like we did that, and then that, and it was just, it was just all she wrote after that. But um, yeah, Avalon Golf Club is is a great course. It's a course that is not overly long. But if you're not accurate on some holes, you're screwed, hmm. basically, because you're either going to end up in the trees or you're, there's going to be some holes where, like, because the sand, the soil is so sandy down there in southern New Jersey, close to the coast, they just have waste bunkers out there uh, along some of the holes. They don't even bother to grow grass. So if you end up in there, that's you know, if you're not good playing out of sand, that's that's a real problem too. So. Uh, yeah, and it's a change of pace from our normal league when we play at Casa Creek because Cossack Creek has no bunkers at all. So, but be that as it may, uh, just a little note about Avalon and Stone Harbor, which is the next island below Seattle City. That is where your bougie of the bougiest is. The average, the average home price in Avalon and Stone Harbor is about $2.2 million. Wow. That is obscene. Like, wow, indeed. Then, if you go a little further south of that, you come to Wildwood, which is actually like a real town, which has like 15,000 people in it year-round. It was the birthplace of the Duwap Motel and still embraces that largely to this day. And the average home price in Wildwood is actually only about $500,000. So it is actually by their standards very affordable, although here that would put still put you on the in Avon Beachwood Gates Mills territory. Um, real premium when you're on the water, obviously. But um the one place I do want to point out is Splash Zone Water Park, which is right on which is right across from Maurice Piers, which is an internationally known um amusement park right on the beach in Wildwood. And Splash Zone is the water park right across from that. It has one of the best water slides in the entire country Hmm. called the Beast of the East. You get on this thing, you have to go down in groups of two, three, four, or five. It's best experienced with four or five because literally there's 10 turns on this thing. You're in a giant raft. You're all sitting in a circle, basically. And if you're the poor sap that has to go down backwards into turn one, you are literally going almost vertical uh, into that first thing. If you don't hold on, you're going to fall, basically. Hmm. And they tell you that when you, when you first get on. And it only gets more from there because turns 7, 8, and 9 are, like, more steep than the steepest turns at Talladega or Daytona. It is not like – you're not going, like, super crazy fast going down, but, like, you get up so high in the turn, it's ridiculous and like the water comes over the top of the raft and splashes everybody as as you come out of the turn. It's just, it's fantastic. Uh, One interesting note about the beach in Wildwood, it is half a mile long. You have to literally go from the boardwalk to the beach. It is one of the longest beaches you've ever seen. I don't know if it's like longest in the country or anything, but it's, it's just crazy. It's part of the reason why we've never gone there, to, uh, other than to just hang out and have fun. But that was kind of the lowdown on the places we went and the city of Seattle City over the past week. Scarlett had a ball. I had a ball. It was my first off time in over a year, and I was very, very badly needed. So as it were, we're actually going out of the country next month, but uh, we'll talk more about that in a later episode. So... We're gonna wham that with the right hand.
0: Cool. Glad to hear you guys had a good time. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, you got a you got a big trip coming up next month. Indeed. So, but, uh, but yeah, so very cool. Um, always cool to hear about Lou Dogs. I've heard about that my entire life, basically. So, uh, one of these years, I might, you know, have to actually go out there and try it. So. Mm. Um, don't know when do a, that'll be. Do but. a show right from the beach? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, we're not gonna talk about the Guardians because uh, it's not worth it. Um, so
1: well, now hang on a second here. I do want to make one mention about tonight's game. They're losing seven two to the Reds. This which is, yeah yeah, you know, I mentioned the fact that the Reds have a better record than the Guardians, which to me is a does not compute kind of thing. But um, <laughs> really funny tweet somebody posted. This not exactly a Tom Mansky special by the Guardians tonight. that is in reference to their fielding. They have four heirs tonight God <laughs> and are losing seven two in the top of the eighth.
0: And that was your week that was with the Guardians. Ladies and gentlemen, on to the next one. All right. Uh, but yeah, so <clears throat> I actually uh, before we talk anything about the Browns. Uh, We need to get our betting strategy in order for this year. As most of you know, sports betting became legal in Ohio uh, week 17 or 18 last week. Week
1: 17 of the season last year. Uh,
0: Yeah, January 1st, so... uh, We didn't get a chance to, as you guys know if you follow along with the show, we pick each game against the spread every week in the NFL season. Now, I'm not suggesting that we actually bet on every single game every week against the spread because that would be quite expensive, especially if one of us had a bad week. So, let me know what you think of this. I think that uh, you and I, we should either... In To make things as fair as possible, either we each pick the same five games each week and actually put our money where our mouth is. We'll still do picks against the spread for each game. But each week, we'll pick five games that we're actually going to put our money where our mouth is. So that's five bucks a game. Mm-hmm. And we actually bet on these games. Or we pick each game against the spread and we each pick our own five games. They could be whatever games they they uh can be the five ones that you may feel most confident in on the on on the weekly uh slate and we put our money where our mouth is on that. What do you think? Or we could do 3 or if you're not comfortable with 5 we can do 3. No, I think
1: 5 is a good number actually. Yeah. Um the the way I would actually do it is this. Um I would take take whatever uh, – of those five, take three. Mm-hmm. Whichever three you feel most confident about, pick them. And then I think there's got to be two games that we do every week. I think we've got to do – certainly Sunday night I think we have to do every week because that's, like, always a top game. And then we either go Monday night also or maybe – Maybe we go the the national four o'clock on Sunday, you know, something like that. You know, I I don't I don't think we should be picking just all the good team against crap team on paper, you know, type matchups. I mean, that might that would that would help our record, but our bank account. But
0: yeah, but we're think, but it's also we're picking against the spread, and the spread is supposed to even that out. So does mm-hmm. it really matter?
1: In theory, yeah.
0: Because I mean, you look at it. You look at a team like. Like the Chiefs, the Chiefs are the Super Bowl champion. They were horrific against the spread last year. They were awful.
1: Yeah, because Vegas kept overrating them in the first. Horrific half of the
0: season. against the spread. So, um, yeah, I don't know.
1: By contrast, the Eagles, who were the runner-up last year, they were much better against the spread. Yeah, because I don't think they were. They people didn't realize how good they were until about you know six, seven weeks into the season.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, if we were picking the game straight up, sure. I mean, yeah, we're not going to pick, you know, if, if the Chiefs play the Texans, yeah, we're not going to choose that game. But if we're right. but if we're going to pick the Chiefs versus the Texans and the spread is Chiefs minus seventeen, you know, <laughs> you might actually think about taking the Texans in that scenario. You know?
1: Yeah, because if they even get up by a touchdown early, that's that's like a right. lot of points. Then, the then the Chiefs then the Chiefs have around.
0: to have to outscore by twenty five yeah. the rest of the game. Those are the games I actually really stunk
1: at last year where the games where it was like 14 or higher spread yeah well like, because
0: yeah because you think that that oh this team sucks so bad I, there's no way they're going to keep and then and then they end up losing like 31 21 and you end up losing because you picked the you picked the uh, you, you laid the points yeah I mean laying the points in an NFL game is just uh, for for a 14 pointer that's that's almost like crazy talk you any you give any n f l team fourteen points and you should take it, but you know that's, so, that's why I, they set the lines
1: I would say, okay, so we can go five whatever whatever five we want with the only specification is that we have we have to cross on at least one of the games,
0: okay, so one right. of the, at least one of the games has to be we have to have one common game, yeah, okay, well we could we could we could always just have the browns game be our common game, yeah. Could do it that yeah, way gotta do gotta we do have browns. to bet on the brown i mean Got, gotta do browns yeah yep. so maybe that's
1: agreed it. all right we're good so and, we then, get we'll, the and then we'll and figure out more. we'll
0: figure out the we'll figure out the the whenever well the browns have a bye week actually early this season in week five so uh we'll figure that out but yeah. uh are, are you on your trip during the browns bye week or is that before
1: no it's before that i'm i'm here in the lead up to week one so week one's not going to be a big deal but like week two and three is is when i'm away pretty much
0: okay. so that um will you be able i don't
1: know, I don't know how the how uh, that's gonna work yeah
0: you're gonna you think you'll have the ability to watch the games
1: probably not watch but if at least as long as i'm able to like get picks in i don't think they're Beat. Okay. I mean, no, I was. I, I, do that. I was
0: just. I was just thinking of uh, uh, of you uh, doing like uh, like short little like thirty second like reaction videos like during the game, and like send it to me, and I'll post them on Twitter or something like that if you're able to watch it.
1: But I mean, if if that's available, I mean that's the, like a have...
0: halftime update and a post game update, or something like that. This is
1: one part of the world where you like the NFL is obviously and most sports are global events. Yeah. The NFL out of the major sports here in the U.S. is probably the one that's most unique to the U.S. is not like internationally loved. And and in this part of Africa, that's true. We said there's a Brownsbackers bar to be found everywhere. If there is a Browns-Backers bar in Yaoundé, Cameroon, I'm going to find
0: it. Yeah, I mean, I doubt it.
1: That would be incredible if I mean, there is. That, I would, that would confirm that there is one everywhere.
0: I would have to think the, the probably the most likely uh, Browns-Backers clubs you're going to find in Africa, probably in Egypt and, like, South Africa. I'd probably. Maybe Morocco, too. Yeah. Possibly. But, uh, but yeah. So... Um, okay. Well, yeah. So we'll do that. We'll do the brown. The Browns will be our common game every week, and then each of us will pick our four. Obviously, like I said, we're still going to pick every game against a spread. We're just thinking about, uh, you know, uh, the ones that we're actually going to put our our money on, and then we're going to have to pick a because uh, you don't have any sports books downloaded.
1: Not at the present
0: time. I'm gonna have to download one. So you're, we're gonna have to pick, even though who we're
1: who wants to sponsor. That's our right. Show?
0: That's right. Uh, We'll let anybody sponsor. Well, 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 it's not going to be the Barstool Sportsbook anymore. <laughs> uh, R.I.P. But uh, that's going to turn into ESPN Bet. Uh, definitely not going to use that. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see. DraftKings, uh, FanDuel. Uh, I just saw Fanatics now has a sportsbook, the freaking apparel company. They bought uh, – They. I think it was uh, – was it points bet I think that they like bought out and turned into their own sports book I don't know but we'll figure that out we still got a few weeks to go um before uh we do anything with that so that's going to be our strategy uh as we move forward on the betting you guys can get in if we if you want we will obviously post all of our picks and we'll post the games that we're going to bet and we'll keep track of both
1: Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea for the listeners actually you know if any of them want to get on it, what is your five each week and see who does the best over the course of the season? Yeah,
0: tweet at us you know? uh, the five games that you're going to pick, and you know we'll keep track. Anybody of Anybody who wants and, in,
1: believe me, I, that, that would be we'll, we'll shout you out on every show. That's right. Yeah.
0: So okay, uh, another thing. I don't really have anything to discuss about this, but fantasy football is right around the corner. Oh, it's getting it's getting close. And, Our yearly you know, draft, drafting? Yeah, and you see that? Look at we're. Look out. Look how pretty pretty that is. Deerfield
1: Gridiron Cup. Look
0: how pretty that is. Dan Holding right there.
1: Uh, He is a three-time champion?
0: Three-time! 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 Should be five, but three-time!
1: One of only two players to have ever won it three times, and the only current player in the league to do that.
0: Uh... RIP, Brendo. Retired. (laughs) R.I.P.? Wow. (laughs) Shout out to Brendo Skronsky out there if you're still with us, apparently. Steve just put you six feet under. Jeez. Uh no, the famously though, I have come within single digit points of also winning this thing two other times. Two thousand nine. By one point against my brother.
1: Two thousand nine. And then what was it?
0: Two or three years ago against Casey? I think I lost by like three points because Kevin Stafancy just wouldn't give Nick Chubb the ball. Two (laughs)
1: thousand twenty (laughs) one.
0: Yeah. So so I am I am about 7 points away from being a five, a Booker T five-time champion mm. of this league. So you all can bow down. Bow down to the king. Um so yeah, so we've got that coming up. Uh that that's a that's a really special league. I mean, how many years have we done that done this 2006 now 2006
1: was our first year.
0: 17th year.
1: That was that was Brendo's first title and then I won my still only title the next
0: year in two thousand seven. Yep. It's
1: been a long time for me.
0: Yeah. Who who else? Peters won it twice? Peters won it twice. My brother Mike has won it once. Yes. Brendo's won it three times. I've won it three times. My dad's been runner up three times. <laughs> Is that why he's no longer in the league?
1: He just I don't know. Like he didn't
0: Casey's now won it once.
1: He was the one we could. We were just laughing at for so long because he would Who like, talk a lot of But Well, Mike Schaefer won it one year. Matt uh, Steigerwald won it another year. That's
0: right. So that's, uh, wait, so 3, 3, 6, 2, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. We're missing four.
1: I'll have to go back
0: and research the full history. Has Matthew uh, ever won it? Uh, no, he did. Yes, he yeah, has. Yeah, he did. So that's, that's 13. That was
1: 2019,
0: I want to say. Uh, I don't know, but I gave him, I gave him the trophy at one of our football games. Mm. I remember that.
1: Uh, it might've actually been, no, it wouldn't have been 2020 cause I was, yeah, it was either 2019 or 2021. No, 2021 was, was Casey. I think it is 2019.
0: Um, who else? We're missing a couple.
1: Mm.
0: Oh, well. Uh, yeah. So that is coming up next, uh, Saturday. Uh, obviously, or next Sunday. Yeah. Um, obviously, we don't know the draft. And you know, ever the yet.
1: the draft is highly interesting because our our league is points per reception. You know, mm-hmm. some leagues are standard scoring. Ours is points per reception. So obviously, that puts get a bigger with the times, folks. PPR on, that puts a bigger emphasis on tight end, wide receiver, and it skews running back toward running backs that catch the ball out of the backfield. So naturally, in this type, and even in standard leagues. It looks like a lot of the top experts this year are actually going receiver first round relative to, you know, and like not just first round, but like top five picks. It's just you never used to see in the past.
0: It's just how many teams in the NFL still have the classic one back bell cow? Yeah. I mean, how many teams still do that? I mean, the Browns are one of the only teams to still do that.
1: I mean, the two names that come to mind uh, in recent years have been Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. Yeah, and you know, aside
0: from those, maybe two, a little bit uh, of Dalvin Cook in Minnesota, but he just signed with the Jets yesterday. What? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh boy, the Jets. Oh man, I have thoughts on the Jets, but be that as it may.
0: But basically, yeah, I, I know I can already. I, your, your thoughts are the Jets are going to Jets, pretty much. Yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, I mean the the more common model is what you might see, and I'll, I guess I'll go to the Eagles. You know, with guys with you know, by um Scott and Sanders and oh God, what's the other guy's name? Well, uh, Sanders isn't, isn't even the with the Eagles the, anymore. Yeah, I'm of naming the guys from last year, but um know, yeah, DeAndre Swift is there now. Uh you know, where you have these committees, it it, it had been going that way for quite a while and it's it that's pretty much how it is now. Uh yeah. but at the same time, again the the fact that you're basically – even a guy like Nick Chubb is sort of devalued if you're in a PPR league because he sure. doesn't catch –
0: Chubb.
1: Because, I mean, he runs and runs all day, but he doesn't catch passes off the backfield.
0: Maybe that changes so, this year. I don't know. You know, Kareem Hunt was always the guy that would play on, on third down. He's now gone. Uh, Jerome Ford uh, pulled a hammy in training camp. He, you would hope that he would be back by week one, but, um That's you know, one of those stumps that st- – Yeah. Stump Mitchell – Uh, said that Nick Chubb is going to be on the field on third downs this year. So, I wonder if Nick Chubb gets some more opportunities in the passing game. So, but – and obviously, I would assume with Deshaun Watson getting a full training camp and full offseason, the Browns are going to be pass-happy this year. So, we'll see how that plays out.
1: The other side of it is, is that the top receivers are like – some years you have like one or two or – maybe three super amazing receivers at the top of the draft. You've got like seven of them this year. It's just – it's almost more so than I've ever seen it. You know, guys like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill. Uh, it's, it's almost like you, you have so many teams that have a Cooper Cup. Yeah. You know, guys, who a lot of people
0: I, are are uh, a lot of people are hyping up Garrett Wilson to have an enormous he, year.
1: Based on his rookie performance and now he's got Rodgers throwing yeah. it to him, yeah, he could.
0: Yeah, Devontae Adams is still there even, you know, he's got Jimmy Garoppolo throwing it to him now, but it's he's still Devontae Adams. He's um, on my do not draft list, but
1: you know, a lot of people wow. feel it's I differently will, I, about will
0: him. I will gladly take him. Holy smokes. If Devontae Adams is on your do not draft list, I want to see who's actually on your draft list.
1: Well, every guy I just mentioned
0: before him is, but yeah, I don't know. I just. Oh, okay. So if Devontae Adams is sitting there in the eighth round. You're not going to take him.
1: Well, okay. Let's not get facetious here. He's not. Going, okay. He's not going to last beyond. Okay. Round one. So
0: he's on your he's on your do not draft in rounds one or two list. Pretty much. Okay. Uh, I don't know how you don't take him if he's at the if he's at the end of round one and you're sitting there with pick like. 11 and you're and you're going to turn around and then pick against second in the next round I don't know how you or maybe you take him I don't know never mind I, I don't know why I'm talking about my strategy with you right now because we're I competitors what the hell's going on I was going to talk to you about my number one strategy depending on depending on uh where I get in the draft but I just woke up and I'm like no I'm not telling you that effing... what happens if you, you're drafted right in front of me I don't know if I'm trying to
1: deflect or if I'm giving you the actual strategy because historically speaking, I always go running back. Oh, teams. you've been you've been wide and, receiver allergic
0: in in and, round and one, and like
1: that's always been my problem is picking wide receivers, and that's you why, just like,
0: yeah, Even when we even when we actually switched to PPR, you just refused to believe. That running back was the wrong pick in in round one.
1: It it killed me for w- years. Well, I, I, I went will, from being in the playoffs every year to not making the playoffs like the first four years. We were. Well, at PBR. I think I
0: think also I think of it is the uh, is the attrition with with running backs. I mean, you know, you p- you pick a running back, like let's say you have the top a top four pick, and there are running backs at the top of the draft that you would consider taking there because, like you said, they do catch the ball out of the backfield, but. You know, what happens if you take a top running back in, like, the top four picks and they end up getting hurt and missing six to eight weeks? You're screwed.
1: Yeah. Well, that's – you certainly can't afford to have your top players go down. It, it's extremely, oh, be, yeah. extremely I mean, hard to be successful. I mean, whether yeah. it's real sports or fantasy. to Sure. To, with, I mean, you that's where you really have to be, like, master GM trying to find the guys that nobody found in the draft. Yep. Or make, you know, advantageous trades, which that's always pretty tough. It, oftentimes if players, if, if other fantasy owners are not super active, like you try to propose a trade to them, they don't even respond. I mean, it's that can be a, a pitfall as well. But, um, yeah, especially because, you know, that is actually interesting because does an injury to a top running back hurt you more or does, does losing a top wideout hurt you more? Historically speaking, I would say running back is worse, but this year, given the real top-heavy nature of the wideouts, like if you pick Jamar Chase or AJ Brown or Tyreek Hill or Cooper Cup, and they go down with an injury in week three, like oh, that's a yeah. that's a crippling blow.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could you could be really good at drafting fantasy football, but it all depends on health. You know, if you if, if you're top two three. Top two out of three round picks go down with an injury. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, unless you're just the absolute best guy in the world at picking people up off the waiver wire, like you find that rookie running back that just explodes onto the scene that nobody's even heard of, you know. But uh,
1: you you do mention that is a good point because if you lose a running back and you happen to have. Like his backup, also on your roster, yeah, you might be able to better just plug and play and be okay. Whereas, like, I don't know who the third string receiver on the Dolphins is, but like, if Tyreek Hill goes down, that guy's probably not replacing Tyreek Hill in terms of numbers, sure, yeah, you know, as easily as a, as a running
0: back would, sure. Um, the only question I do have is, is Billy gonna take Patrick Mahomes in the first round?
1: know how he gets away with that quite frankly because it seems like his team is always good but like why would you take quarterback that high it's just that's one thing i never do i i will i think the first year we played i took quarterback in the first round i've never taken a quarterback in the first round no ever it's you can't do I mean, that
0: you can't i mean the only the only the only year it would absolutely make sense would be taking lamar jackson in the first round in his mvp season
1: Right, because he's getting all the rushing yards yeah. and the
0: touchdowns. He's a, yeah, because he's essentially a t- he's he's a quarterback, but he's also a top ten running back.
1: Your brother had it had, <laughs> had it right on this one because he was. I didn't actually think very highly of Jalen Hurts at the start of last year, and he yeah. was telling me, "No, this guy is going to be amazing." And blah, he was, blah, blah. and he was. I didn't
0: think he was, but he was. Now, so, I didn't think he was going to. Not just because obviously all, proven wrong on that,
1: and not just because of all the passing, but you know because of, you know all the rest. I mean, how every time the Eagles QB sneak, it's like forget
0: it. You're not going to stop it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So everybody who's playing fantasy football that's listening to this, uh, obviously your drafts drafts are not all not all on the same day, but. Uh, drafts are coming up. Some people who are crazy pants have already done their leagues fantasy football. I don't know how people do do that uh, before the main preseason game is over. Like, why would you have a fantasy football draft just to risk uh, some of your top players uh, get an injury in a game that doesn't even matter? I've never understood that. So
1: yeah, it, it's too risky. I, I it kind of <laughs> screws with the whole integrity of the game. Like, if, if you're still playing preseason games, it's like you're just kind of like you're watching the preseason just kind of in horror. Like, you just – you get queasy even seeing your guys on the field. Basically. You know, if yeah, if you've already had your draft. Yeah. But so. uh, anyway, ESPN did their um, aggregate rankings for some of the positions here uh, for their top uh, fantasy gurus, and then they did, like, where they would rank them and then did an average score – so I'm just looking. Interesting. At, I'm just looking at running back. Yeah, it was. Uh, so I'm looking at running backs first, and they have Christian McCaffrey at the top of their aggregate board. Um, Austin Eckler is second. Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb, um, aforementioned, are third and fourth, and then Bijan Robinson is fifth. Ah, Bijan. Sa- Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, Tony if Pollard, the, if, Josh Jacobs, and Travis Etienne. If Casey's
0: stepdad team. doesn't pick Bijan, Bijan Robinson, with his team being named the Bijan Wolves. I know the spelling's not the same, but something's not right. Yeah, that would be kind of weird. Uh, Bijan for the Bijans.
1: Wide out, they've got Justin Jefferson first, Jamar Chase second, Cooper yep. Cup third, Tyreek Hill fourth, and Devontae Adams fifth. Stefan Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, AJ Brown, Garrett Wilson, and Amon Ross St. Brown are six through ten. Interesting.
0: Do they have? Do they go past that? Where's Amari Cooper?
1: Amari uh, Cooper is. Seventeenth. Wow, that's boy. I gotta tell you, if if he won't be the seventeenth receiver taken in our draft, well, no, because
0: <laughs> you know Peter's taking him in the first round. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's if he's not high enough to draft Nick Chubb. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, look at the, look at all of the. You know, the receivers are even deeper than I thought. Because if you go down like 11 – here's eleven through twenty. Jalen Waddle, T. Higgins, D.K. Metcalf, Devontae Smith, Chris Olave, Debo Samuel, Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy, Caden Allen, and Christian Watson. Like, there's only – yeah, other than Devontae Adams, who I'm not, like, super high on. Like, Jerry Judy is the is only other guy of, that I don't like.
0: Is that just because of who his quarterback is?
1: A lot of it has to do with that, yes. Yeah. That, and I think he might just – Silently be on the downside of his career now, but I don't know. I might be off on a tangent on that take. Hmm. Uh, quarterback, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes. He's yep. obviously number one. Yep. Josh Allen number two. Jay okay. Allen this Hurts. list
0: is going to be interesting. This is so. This is this is for fantasy purposes. Yes. Okay. This yeah. is going to be so interesting. Patrick
1: Mahomes number one. Yep. Josh Allen number two. Jalen Hurts third. Lamar Jackson fourth. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Great assault there. Joe Burrow fifth. Justin Fields sixth yeah justin herbert trevor lawrence deshaun watson and dak prescott
0: save deshaun to top save deshaun to ninth Yep, i am in the top 10. i'm sure rogers
1: 14th yeah well so, that
0: you know, play, that plays in that plays into probably your feelings on the jets um i'm shocked at uh josh allen over jalen hurts i am too the only thing would be and i'd have to look at these numbers i wonder how many i wonder how many like qb sneak touchdowns josh allen has over the over the course of a season because he's huge and anytime buffalo gets to the one yard line you know they're not going to turn around and hand it off their running backs their running backs stink <laughs> stink so if they're down at the one yard line you know they're just going to sneak it with josh allen he's six five, two hundred and sixty 260 pounds he's
1: even bigger than jalen hurts is well, yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts,
0: Hurts is, like, six feet tall.
1: Is Buffalo a as good as Phillies? Eh, but, you know, yeah. I mean, you'd certainly like their odds to score any time they go for it. Yeah. Inside the two, probably. So that's.
0: An, I mean, Josh Allen does run a little bit, but, uh, yeah. Justin Fields
1: being sixth, obviously they're thinking a lot of rushing yards and TDs possibly from him, too. So I did, I did say on an episode a little while ago I thought Justin Fields would be the most improved QB in the league this year so they might be thinking that same way
0: well that and also you know it, it's a lot it's a lot like the lamar jackson thing you know Justin fields is going and, and Jalen hurts Justin fields is going to score a ton of points by using his legs yes um
1: tight end this this is even more top heavy than receiver is i feel like 11 through 20 in receiver you got a lot of good value not so much with the tight ends like you got to be I'll just throw away some of my strategy here because I, everybody who knows me knows this: <laughs> you gotta go tight end early. You just got to, unless if it's just a, unless the situation's just completely wrong and there was a big run on tight ends before you got the pick. You know, then you just gotta take your medicine and go elsewhere. But so tra- so
0: so, uh, okay. let's say let's say the Yayunde Lions mm-hmm. have a top three pick in the draft. Is tight end in play for you?
1: No. I'm definitely going either wide out or running back. Okay. If I'm picking that high. If I'm picking toward the latter part of the first round, though, I definitely would be looking that way. Sure. Um, you got Travis Kelsey first, Mark Andrews second, TJ Hawkinson third, Darren Waller four, Kyle Pitts fifth, and then George Kittle, Dallas Goddard, Pat Fryermuth, Evan Engram, and David Njoku as six through ten. So Njoku just slides in there at tenth.
0: Yeah. Uh, is is this is this going to be the year for Kyle Pitts? It was this his first year. Everybody's like, and myself included, I took Kyle Pitts high in his first year, and it's just the the quarterback situation Atlanta has been so bad.
1: He's a DND for me.
0: And 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 look at this year. I mean, they've got uh, Desmond Ritter throwing to him. Um, so I don't know. Last year he last year he got hurt. Um, is this going to be the year? He has all the physical tools in the world to be a matchup nightmare as yeah. a tight end, but is it going, is it going to come together? And a lot of that's not his, not necessarily his fault. You know, he's not a guy that's out here that just drops a bunch of passes. He's just had really bad quarterback play.
1: Yeah. That's, it's the chicken and the egg theory. And usually it is the quarterback that precedes the receiver, or the tight end. Yeah. It, I mean, there are a few guys that can make it work, you know, like the truly top guys, but even those guys, um, the guys I'm thinking of, like Cooper Cup and uh, Tyreek Hill and you know Justin Jefferson, even they have at least serviceable quarterbacks thrown to them.
0: Yeah. You know, Who's going to be uh, – and I, I'm sorry if I'm just throwing a wrench into what you were doing, but let, let's assume that Mahomes doesn't create this because Mahomes more than likely is going to be picked very high. We have a Kansas City Chiefs fan in our league. Yes. So there is a chance that Patrick Mahomes gets drafted in the first round.
1: I expect somebody will, if not in the first round, then like very high
0: second. Who and where is going to be the quarterback in our draft that gets selected? This happens every year. Who's going to be the quarterback that gets drafted and what round is it going to be where we start seeing a a run on quarterbacks? Because it happens every year. As soon as. I'm I'm taking Mahomes out of this because Mahomes could go first round and, and uh yeah. people aren't stupid enough to start drafting running backs in the first round after Mahomes goes. But who's the guy, let's say, you know, round four? You know, who takes Lamar?
1: That's about where I think it would be. I think yeah. it would be like very end of round three or in round four where Or Jalen Hurts. Once Jalen Hurts goes and then like the next Lamar. person takes you know, it's gonna Joe be the Burrow running quarter, yeah. Or Whomever, and it's just like you just get who's into this gonna, mindset. You're like, yeah. oh crap, I gotta get a quarterback. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs>
0: <crap>. <laughs> who's going to panic draft Justin Fields in round five? Who's gonna do it?
1: <laughs> I will tell you what, who's the big? Oh, I know who I'm, it is. I'm usually not taking quarterback till round six or seven,
0: but I know who it is. Is
1: there in round five? I have to think about it because he's gonna, like you said, he's gonna get you a lot of points with
0: There, players. there are two people that I think that would take Jalen uh, Justin Fields,
1: the Ohio State Hawks. Steigerwald and Sube. Suter. That's exactly yeah. who it
0: is. <laughs> Somebody will panic draft. Well, he's gonna. It, it, they're gonna try and be like my. Bro, they're gonna try and be like Mike and justify it as like uh, being like a Jalen Hurts type pick, which I listen. I, I guess could happen. I just don't think it, the Bears stink compared to the Eagles. So, you know,
1: you think he would have a harder time just because the supporting cast around him is not very good. Yeah, and I do think the Bears will be lousy in spite of it. But then again, Bears have a pretty easy schedule. Because their division stinks, possibly. You know, so eh, who knows? But at, at any rate, uh, no, that's a that's a great point, honestly. Uh, with quarterback, it's just and and quarterback is probably most prone to a run like that, other than maybe tight end. Same thing with tight end. Once you start seeing guys like Darren Waller and George Kittle get drafted, like they, everyone's going to start looking that way again. Like, oh gosh, I got to get a tight end, you know. So that's it, it's gonna be a great year in fantasy football. It always is. Um uh, last year I made the postseason, I was out in the first round of the playoffs for like the third year in a row. I just can't buy a win in the postseason
0: for whatever <laughs> reason.
1: And you know, you've you've got the trophy, you know, so you're the top dog. You're the one that we're all gunning for. And I was so in the and
0: I was in the title game the year before too, and lost by like that? three points. Yeah. Friggin' Kevin Stefansky. <laughs> All you had to do was give Nick Chubb the ball, like, two more times, and he would have broke one, and I would have won the thing. I'd be a two-time uh, defending champ right now. This was this was the week they played the Commanders, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The Commandos.
1: <laughs> Who may or may not be changing their name again.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: Go figure. Are they go back to the football team? Because I, I enjoyed that.
0: Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, I mean – not really too much else to talk about. Uh obviously, uh we'll, we'll we'll do a uh we'll do a fantasy football kind of uh recap after we have our draft in a couple of weeks, but Yeah.
1: Um our uh August was August 29th or 30th show. We'll mm-hmm. certainly feature that.
0: Yeah. So, but uh just to get in a little bit of the Browns before we before we uh close up shop here for the week. Browns were uh as you said, they played the Commanders uh this past week. Um I just want to get into into this. I'm curious your thoughts. Do the Browns have a kicking problem?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Well, Cade York the, has missed field goals in I, both preseason I, games.
1: Let me let me qualify that. Cade York can sometimes get the yips, where it it seems like. Well, I days, don't. Well, sometimes I, he's he's like automatic, and then there's other times he can't. I
0: don't a need a kicker that has the yips. It's, all right. The Browns, I need the Browns to be it's, good this year. I need the Browns to be the playoffs. And how many NFL games come down to three three or less points? A lot of them do. A lot of them. Yeah. So I need a kicker that I can trust. And if he's going to miss a kick a game.
1: That's not good. After that's he not, missed. That's he, not acceptable. He
0: missed the most kicks in the NFL last year. Yeah. No. So uh, I'm not pressing the panic button yet on Cade York. It's the preseason, you know, I, I attribute it a little bit to like pitchers in spring training when they get shelled for nine runs in a spring training start and you're like, Oh my god, like is does he suck now? Happens, well no
1: It happens all the time. Yeah,
0: well it's because he was throwing change ups for every single pitch and hitters locked in on that because he's trying to work on his changeup in spring training. Right. They don't care about how many runs they give up in the in the in spring training they're working on stuff. They're not game planning against hitters. Right. So, you know, maybe Cade York is was trying a different uh flight pattern on his kick. I don't know. But all I know is miss if he misses another kick in the third pre, in the next preseason game, this city is going to go nuts.
1: I don't think they will care really unless if it happens in week 1. Well, in they the they well they
0: care already. Why would they? Because the dude's missing kicks, these games don't matter. I, I understand I that, but would you be would you be concerned if Deshaun Watson had th- has had thrown four picks in the first two preseason games? Honestly, no, because he has kinks he needs to work out too. Well, I don't necessarily know if I buy that because you're not you're not really high on Deshaun Watson anyway. I'm so. not
1: really, but you know, I, I wouldn't have him tenth on my quarterback draft board. But you know, at the, at the same
0: time. It's we don't need to get into that argument I don't, again.
1: I don't think I don't think you can really. Extrapolate much from the preseason. I really don't think you can. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens have won what, twenty four preseason games in a row? Like they haven't lost a preseason games like two thousand and seventeen. Yeah. How
0: close to a Lombardi have
1: they been over this time?
0: Well, like, they've know, they've made the playoffs pretty much most years. Made the playoffs, but
1: I mean think they have one playoff win in the last five years or something. True. Like
0: that? Well, yeah. that's, that's a, uh
1: so, I mean, okay, that's that's, I was one, gonna, uh, that's. one argument you could make one for or against. I, I suppose, was going to say that's exactly.
0: one more than we have, but I keep forgetting. No. Oh, wait a minute. Huh. Ben Roethlisberger, what happened in his final playoff game in, in, in his illustrious career? Mm. What
1: happened? His center snapped it over his head into the back of the end zone. Oh, that's right. <laughs> he got his ass
0: kicked by the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> And then their punter dropped
1: the ball and had to kick it out of the back of the end zone. <laughs> 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 that whole first quarter of the game was yakety sacks with the Steelers. It was oh my so god! to watch. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I am not, and this goes for any sport. I am not preseason guy. Like you, you guys always talk Get on. Get ready for text. a lot
0: of this. It was 19, Go ahead, keep going. No, what were you saying? Well, it's the preseason right now. The games don't matter. It's all made up. The points don't matter. But on September 10th, that changes. Here we go again. Now the orange and brown coming back for more. Here we go again. I'll be trying to
1: stream it from the capital of Cameroon as we take on the Bengals. Hopefully, make Joe Burrow cry again like
0: we usually do. F Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's going to go from 1 and 4 against the Browns to 1 and 5. Woo! You know,
1: ordinarily, I wouldn't say week one is so important, but when you look at the schedule, the back half of the schedule is not that hard. You get off to a good start and knock off Cincinnati in the
0: first game and
1: actually quickly win an opener,
0: what a momentum boost that would be. Home opener. We won the opener last year. On well, a on, cade on K- york goal.
1: <laughs> You're right. That is an important thing to qualify. It is a home opener curse, not an opener curse per se. And if there was any question over that, it was settled in week two
0: oh which we God. don't need to re-legislate jeez boy do we owe <laughs> the foot- them boy do we owe them an ass kicking in week 17 the, the
1: the football gods deserved a just a whipping for
0: what they did to us in week 2 last yeah, year well hey if we uh if we come out and we smack uh the the Bengals around in week 1 all will be forgiven and forgotten so
1: you yeah, it it's really quite stark you know you don't think of the first two weeks of the season is being life or death, but they almost are. Like you, oh, especially you start, this season. The difference between this season, between starting two and zero and zero and two, yeah. is freaking light years. Yeah, because you're talking about not Bengals, only not only are you two and zero and zero and two,
0: you're two and zero two and zero against zero and two zero and two. Right. Uh, the Browns have to, at the absolute minimum be 2 and 2, 2 and 1 after the first four games, my opinion. If they want to if they want to be contenders for the division title, at the minimum at the quarter mark of the season, you got to be 2 and 2, 2 and 1. 2 and 2 overall, 2 and 1 against the division. Like it, The Browns My don't... opinion, my opinion, the Browns I don't even care whether we beat the Titans or not in week 3. I could care less.
1: You won't feel that way on September 24th.
0: I well, well, especially for 0 and 2. are <laughs> <there's> 0 <rowing> 2, <laughs>
1: yeah, you don't win that game, you might as well fold up the tents right then and there because yeah. you got to then play Baltimore and San Fran the next two weeks. <laughs> yeah, but I mean,
0: right? Yeah, but Baltimore bye week, San Fran. But I'm saying, like, if we're one and one coming out of the first two weeks, I'm not going to care about the Titans okay. game. I'm going to be looking for. I'm going to be looking at that at that Ravens game
1: as being the more critical of the two. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, obviously, the Browns aren't going to be looking at it that way. If they are, Kevin Stefanski shouldn't even be the coach right now if that's the case. But as fans, I got to win I got to win the division games early. You've got to be able to bank some of those division wins early. That way you're not chasing them in the last month of the season.
1: Browns do not play an easy game, a quote-unquote easy game on paper. I mean, they're not all – I mean, it's hard to say that. with a straight face. It's the NFL. But, yeah. you know, if you look at the records from last year, the, last, the first bad team they play against is Indianapolis in Week 6. Yeah. The first five weeks is a freaking meat grinder. Yeah. But the good news is, and I mentioned this before, the Browns don't is, – is this is this good or is it bad or is it indifferent that, to you that the Browns don't have to get on a plane – until
0: maybe week six, or maybe not even until week seven. That's interesting. I did, I I really never even thought four of
1: that. home games in the first five, and the one road game is at Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, they literally won't. They bust to Pittsburgh. They don't fly to Pittsburgh. Yeah, so they don't get on a plane for the first. Because then they have the, they have the bye week. Yeah, and Indy. I don't. Indy's I don't. even not even. That's. I mean, they'll probably fly there. They will, but that's, I, that's. I would short. imagine they would fly to Indy. Cause that's like, what four and a half five hours. Yeah, it's a four and a half or five hour drive. Yeah, they're they're not bus an NFL team is not bussing five hours. Mm-hmm. Two hours, sure. Yeah, they're like they're Pittsburgh. They don't they, is, don't they don't even bus they ain't to only Cincinnati got time for that. They don't even bus to Cincinnati. That's three hours. Wow, that's that. Wow, I didn't even know that. Uh, yeah, but yeah, like
1: the first long plane trip they have is Seattle.
0: Huh. Seven. Yeah, it's like, uh, all right, no travel. the longest trip you can have. No I travel, think. no no travel, bus travel, no travel, no travel, by week, no travel. And then, oh, you're going to literally the farthest place you'd have to travel. Yes. <laughs> that's funny. So, well, that's interesting. But, uh, yeah, so. Um, Browns uh, had some inner squad scrimmages uh, with the Eagles this week. Uh, leading up to their game tomorrow or tonight. If you're listening to this on Thursday uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles, Um, I don't think many, if any starters are going to play on either side. Usually when you have these uh, like inner squad uh, scrimmages during the week against the team that you're playing that week, you don't, you don't play the starters in the actual game. You get all your work done during the practices going up against the opposing club. But uh but the Browns played their third preseason game this week. Interestingly enough, uh, rookie draft pick Dorian Thompson-Robinson will be starting in this game for the Browns over Kellen Mond, who started in the Hall of Fame game. So to me, that tells me that uh, DTR pretty much has the number three quarterback spot wrapped up, and Kellen Mond is more than likely auditioning for other teams.
1: He's going to be <sighs>
0: either that, or Either that or they'll waive him and try and bring him back on the practice squad. But, um, yeah, I mean DTR has been one of the shining stars of the preseason so far. So um, everybody's loving them. Some DTR, I am as well. I'm just not going to get over overly dramatic about it because if he's playing actual games in the regular season, the Browns' season has completely gone down the toilet. So in
1: all but the most crazy of scenarios,
0: yes. Yeah. Well, because let's just put it this way. Um, your feelings on him regardless deshaun watson's not going to get benched at all this season the only way he comes out the only way he ever comes out is an injury so if dtr plays in a regular season game it's because deshaun got hurt and josh dobbs got hurt yeah so i mean if deshaun gets hurt for any extended period of time season's over anyway
1: you would certainly think so.
0: I think Josh Dobbs could come in for a game maybe if like say if it's against like the Colts and you know maybe the Browns can still eke out a win there. But if Josh Dobbs has got to play 3 to 4 weeks in a row, I mean, you're going to lose 3 he, to 4 3 out of those 4 games in minimum. Be in some trouble.
1: Now, I guess the devil's advocate point would be that, you know, the Browns start well and let's, let's say Watson somehow gets hurt in mid-season or something like that. The team's the Browns are playing in the second half are generally not as good. So That's true, you're, but you're you're hoping that, you know, if you're riding some momentum early on that maybe that wouldn't be a death blow. You know, yeah. going up against teams like Chicago and Jacksonville and you know,
0: Jacksonville's pretty decent but like No, no, yeah. You know, the, the, ja- Jacksonville's a play, game that I look at on the schedule and I I actually I mean, we'll play the schedule. Can, we'll play the schedule know. game one final time right before the season starts, but I Jacksonville I I really like Jacksonville. They
1: and they're they're one of those teams that they could be up or down. I, I don't know really what to make.
0: Generally of that's how they are, but when was the last time that they had a legit franchise quarterback and a Super Bowl winning head coach? They Tom, had Todd Coughlin hadn't won one. He hadn't won. He, was there. he left he won his Super Bowls after. Yeah. They've never had one. So no. No. So but uh but yeah. So I mean um yeah. I don't know. Listen. Hopefully, we're talking about something that we're not going to have well, to deal with. this year. I think the
1: point is, is that for every uh, Cardale Jones or Brock Purdy type situation that happens, yeah. you have about five hundred thousand other
0: situations where, and if even, you're down to the and even Cardale,
1: you're just you're done.
0: And even Cardale, you're talking about college. You're not even talking about the pros, right? Uh, it's
1: easier when you're in elite program like Ohio State where like yeah. the gap between Ohio State and like the worst team in the big Ten which is Rutgers like that's that's a gulf as wide as the grand Canyon. Oh, oh. or even like,
0: or even the second place <laughs> team in the big Ten that year because they beat them 59 to nothing in the in the conference championship game <laughs> with said third string quarterback. <laughs> So. Yeah,
1: and Wisconsin is not just a run-of-the-mill program either. No, so not that, usually. So that just shows show you how good Ohio State was in 2014. Yeah. But, like, yeah, the difference between that and, like, the best and the worst team in the NFL. So, like, last year, the best team was Kansas City. The worst team was who? Indianapolis? In
0: uh, – uh. No. Who had the number one pick? Houston? No.
1: Houston – no. Yeah, because India actually – Oh, Carolina. Houston.
0: Carolina. Panthers. Panthers had the number one pick.
1: Yeah, a lot of teams are like they all finish like four and 13, 5 and twelve. You didn't have a team going like one and sixteen or two and fifteen. That no. just kind of underlines that the only have that like, only happens when the Browns are the worst like team in even, the league. Even the worst teams are picking up four and five wins.
0: Yeah, you know that's why any, that's why anytime you see a spread in in the NFL of like fourteen or over, it's insane. Like I guarantee, who does Ohio State play week one in college football? I guarantee you they're a thirty-plus point favorite.
1: Isn't it Notre Dame?
0: No, I don't think they they play Notre Dame like week three. I think ah, it it they played them week one. It last might year. it might be a big is it Indiana? It might be a big Big Ten team. I think
1: a few years back they played Minnesota week ones. The, the Big Ten's getting they're becoming like the SEC. They're starting to play conference games in week one. I don't like it, but yeah. Well, you know, I mean now, there.
0: well now you know teams are playing nine conference games and only three out-of-conference games. So a lot of times you will see week one be like that, either that marquee out-of-conference game or be like they play like a scrub conference team. Spe-
1: speaking of which, <laughs> this has, head- I just looked up a while today just to see their schedule. The, may- the first headline is, fans furious after Buckeyes game is placed on Peacock.
0: <laughs> is that the Notre Dame game?
1: I'm hoping for their sake it's not because that would be absolutely... Ridiculous! on, you know what? Maybe it is because Notre Dame has all their games on NBC. Well, and they bi- wouldn't really do that. Well, they? the
0: Big the Big Ten the Big Ten is doing. Um, uh, NBC has picked up the Big Ten for their uh, uh, for their like nightly showcase. So there will be a Big Ten game on NBC at night on Saturdays every se- or every week this year.
1: By the way, you were absolutely right. It is Indiana week one yeah. for Ohio State. They play. You know what the Notre spread Dame is right now? Four.
0: You know what the spread is for the Indiana game right now? No, it doesn't say. It's got to be somewhere close to, like, 25-30. That's probably about right, I would think. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, so we're nearing – we are getting close, guys. The NFL season is literally – well, you're probably listening to this on Thursday, so from today, two weeks away, the Chiefs open up at home against the Leones, the Detroit Lions. That's a great – opening game of the season. Which is hilarious, too, because when was when was the last time you thought that you said great game and the Lions in the same sentence?
1: Oh, never.
0: They remind <laughs> me, and for their sake, and shout out to our listeners in Detroit, um, for their sake, I hope this isn't true, but they remind me so much of the 2019 Browns coming off of that 2018 surprise season and awesome second half like the Browns had in 2018. That's what the Lions remind me of. So hopefully they're... 2019 in 2023 is a little bit better than our 2019 because that was one of the most miserable seasons of my life watching the Browns. Um, so, but, anyway. but yeah,
1: it, it it's when you have a team that's on the upswing like the supposedly like the Lions are, how as strongly as they finished last season, mm-hmm. denying the Packers the playoffs at Lambeau in the final week of the season, like that's
0: unheard of. Yeah, you know, especially when they had nothing to play for. The Lions were eliminated earlier that day, I believe.
1: Which you know, I'm not going to get into all that, but it's crazy that the NFL does not play these, oh, I week know. 18 games coterminously. Yeah, it's just like you should be. I, you should be able. Lions, you should
0: be able to flex all those games on week 18.
1: Credit to the Lions though that they were professional about it and went about their business and won that game. Like yeah. I, if I was Seattle, one like, of the
0: one of the better coaching jobs the entire season was Dan Campbell getting that team. Uh, up to play against the Lions in like what single-digit degree weather? Yeah. On like four hours after they learned that they were eliminated from like they were eliminated from the actually they it was probably, only like an hour. They yeah they probably they probably woke up that day thinking oh man if just you know one thing goes our way and we take care of business we're gonna go to the freaking playoffs as the Lions and then like you said an hour before their game starts uh, you know how deflating that probably had to be because you know they were watching it in the locker room. Before they went out to warm up.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely.
0: So, but uh, but yeah. It, so
1: that's a, the ultimate case of you not hitting the first leg of your parlay,
0: and then, <laughs> you're, just,
1: and then you're just like, well, the second game doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but apparently, oh, that's yeah. another thing. Do we do we do, do we do our picks and do we parlay them? I mean, that's crazy. How often are we actually gonna go five and <laughs> zero on picks?
1: Oh, probably never.
0: Yeah, but you know, if we did parlay him, you know, both of us would have numerous four and one weeks, and that would really piss us off.
1: Yeah, oh, well, four and one will
0: happen. So yeah, I don't think that's good. I don't think we're going to do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but what this example does show is that you winning for yourself is important. Beating your rival and denying them is also extremely motivating. Oh,
0: it's fantastic! It is no complex. matter
1: what the situation is. Like the Lions could have been zero sixteen going into that game. And still wanted to knock the Packers out. Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. Well, anyway, uh, yeah. So the NFL season is upon us two weeks away. Uh, we will get into some more preview stuff, uh, next week. And then the week after, as we look forward to, uh, the 2023 NFL season, hopefully a good season for the Browns. Well, we will see. Um, and yeah, so that's going to do it for us on episode 268 of living off the land. We appreciate you guys listening as always love you guys. And thank you for all your support. Uh, we can you can follow us on social media at Stiff's McGee and at Daniel J Ford. You can follow the show at the L O T L podcast, and that's going to do it for us. So for Stephen, uh, for Champ, who is passed out on the floor next to me, uh, I'm Dan. You've been listening to Living Off the Land, and we will catch you guys next week. See ya.